0: This ABA Journal podcast is brought to you by Westlaw Next, building on the strengths of Westlaw to bring you the next evolution of legal research. Their most significant innovation in 30 years, it's a complete research system that gives you confidence you've found the most relevant information. And it elevates productivity with intuitive workflow tools. Learn more at westlawnext.com. Ask your child what he learned in school, and you might be met with a blank stare or "I forgot." Particularly with topics many kids often find boring, like civics. However, we found some educators who teach tweens and teens about civics with real-life projects—projects projects the students themselves choose as a group and bring to fruition, often with very successful results. I'm Stephanie Francis Warren. And some of those teachers agreed to speak with us for today's ABA Journal podcast. Sally Broughton has traveled the world. However, many of her social studies students at Montfortin School, a small rural school near Bozeman, Montana, have never left the county.
1: In the town, there's only an elevator in the hospital, so unless you've been in the hospital, you've never been on an elevator, you've never been on an escalator. The kids have never been on a
0: train or a plane. Routman and her husband, who both grew up in Illinois, moved to the area known as Big Sky Country after her husband retired from the military. She started teaching at Montfortin and some of her 6th grade kids asked if she'd take them to Europe. Once they reached the 8th grade, probably unlike many adults posed with the same question, she didn't automatically say no. And I said, well, let me go think about that for a while. And I went home and I thought, you know, they need
1: to see their own country first, and they need to understand their government, and this would be a super opportunity. So I said, When you're in eighth grade, if your parents want to help us raise the money, I'll take you to Washington,
0: D.C. Some of Broutman's students come from farm and ranch families or have parents who are service workers in Bozeman's tourist industry. She also has students whose parents are doctors and lawyers and moved to the area to enjoy the beauty and the recreation it has to offer. The students, the school, and the parents fundraise for all of the trip costs so all of the eighth graders can attend. This year, they had to raise $40,000. Getting the money is difficult, especially in this economy, but absolutely worth it. And one of the most exciting things, about
1: the third year I took the kids, I had a little ranch girl, and she looked at me after and she said, I didn't know that women could do things like I saw when I was in D.C. And, of course, we saw a lot of professional women. We were in the senator's offices and other places. Mm -hmm. And, And she said, I never had an idea
0: that we could do things like that. So it was pretty neat. The trip is a finale of sorts for the school's 8th grade students, kids who have spent three years studying civics and U.S. government with Broutman and are just about ready to attend high school in town. In those last three years, Broutman teaches with hands-on projects that the students choose themselves by
1: now the kids know that when they come to my classroom that they will that year they will do in sixth and seventh grade both years they'll do an active project concerning public policy and something that will make the community better and so when they come they start putting we start putting up ideas of things that we find that that bother us in the community or we think can be better and um, by the time we have a list about 10 or 20 then we start to, to decide which ones can be done with public policy and which ones can't, which ones are whether they need new policy, whether it's just a lack of enforcement. And the kids get so involved, they start to research and they really buy in um, to it. And because they buy into it, it's their project and they take it and run with it. And I just help facilitate what they're doing and show, the, give them the skills and the the uh, knowledge that they need to make this happen.
0: Over the years, her students' projects have included getting a safety path built near the school and convincing local government to have public restrooms in the downtown area. The students also took interest in a local jail. And then
1: that all started because one of my little girls said, my daddy is in jail and we can't go visit him because the only visiting, the only place where attorneys or p- families can meet with the prisoners is in this library of the jail. And with the attorneys in there, the families can't visit and And we got to talking to some police officers, and then we talked to the judges and they locked the whole jail down and let me bring the kids in and The j- officers showed them how dangerous it was, how unsupervised it was and Then they prepared a, a proposal of, of that a new jail should be built and where it should be built because that was one of the big issues in the community and Judge Sylvani took our project to all, well they testified in front of the crime and justice board and then um, they took our project to all the community meetings and the kids said when they were testifying and they testified several times, if something's not done somebody's going to die and unfortunately the next year somebody, voters turned it down and somebody did die. But they now have, are dedicating the jail, mm, I think it's the end of this, end of April, and, and they built it exactly where the kids just suggested, exactly the way they said they should do it. And so we're all invited to spend a night in jail if we want
0: to. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'll do that or
0: not. At first, Bratman says local government didn't know what to make of her student projects.
1: With the first year we testified in front, that was the one we did in front of the county commissioners. And I don't know if they knew what to think, but um, the kids did, those little six graders just marked it there. were television cameras there and news people and radio and they just marched right up there and testified and when they finished the, the head of the county commissioner said to to the audience which was full of contractors and all kinds of people that were there asking things and said if you folks got as organized as these young people were you'd get your thing passed the first time too when you come to us which we took as a real comment a real, you know real nice comment because they were very organized and they knew what they were asking for they had all the research they had all the the ins and outs, and the advantages and disadvantages figured out.
0: The hardest part of her job is getting the children to reach a consensus about their projects, but Broughton says the process is also the best part of her job. And as far as learning, the projects seem to work quite well, so well that Broughton students often take what they've learned and share it with others. One of the most exciting things is
1: about four years ago, the principal came into my room and she said, they're doing it, they're doing it, and I thought, oh no, you know, middle schoolers, what are they doing? And she said, the parents um, want some potholes fixed on, the, on one of the roads because the bus refu- bus driver refused to go down there anymore because it was too dangerous with the bus. It was The potholes are big enough to get lost in. And they took the project method that I have been teaching the kids and used that method to appear before the county commissioners themselves and ask for the road to be repaired. Your students did that, but without your help? With no help, no what helps, or whatever. They did, the kids had told, they knew what the kids were doing, they knew the process that the children had gone through, and they just took that process of preparing. And, and what we do is we come up with, we very clearly state the problem, we come up with some alternative solutions and, and find the advantages and disadvantages of each of the solutions, and then they come with the policy that they want. They feel this is the best solution to the problem. And the parents followed the very same method and did the very same thing, which I was really tickled about. I thought that was great that the kids are teaching their parents how to be active citizens, how not to just sit around and complain, but to how to become actively involved in the community.
0: Pat Wilson teaches government and history at Bloomington High School North in Bloomington, Indiana. Like Broughton, she also teaches by doing. And besides showing her students how they can bring about change for themselves, Wilson's lessons often give students reasons to want change for others.
2: I've tried to create classes that are student-centered, issue-centered, and where evidence becomes the authority.
0: A few years ago, Wilson's students looked into the Voting Rights Act of 1965.
2: And, of course, obviously, the 14th and 15th Amendments are going to come up. They were looking and going in in 1965. 65 we had to pass a voting rights act but clearly if you look at these amendments and they said well clearly you can look at them but clearly it was a vision that was not carried out and so that led us to investigating racism at the local level but what was absolutely stunning to all of us in the class is that there was no written record of this dark side of our history
0: that led to the Banneker History Project which started with Wilson students interviewing individuals who attended Banneker School, a segregated school for Bloomington's black residents.
2: Our students were trained um, by um, anthropologists about doing um, interviews, um, and they uh, actually interviewed the local residents, and we were, you know, as the NAACP had hoped, we were able to reclaim um, the history of the Banneker School and the history of, you know, that part of racism in Bloomington, Indiana, and now we have a both a permanent uh, museum piece set up in the Banneker Center, and we also have a traveling museum display.
0: According to Wilson, students work with the project showed many of them that it takes more than legislation to bring change.
2: What it did is it, it caused them to look much more critically um, at social interaction to what was actually going on, and their conclusion was we have a long way to go to eliminate racism. You can legislate some behaviors, but you can't legislate an attitude.
0: And Wilson students saw that more needs to be done.
2: We have a lot of people in their 80s. They said, take a look at the world today in Bloomington, and you'll still see you have a lot of work to do. And so those words spoken by people who had physically and emotionally and socially been marginalized um, caused my students to really take a much more serious look at the world around them. It wasn't about who you're going out with on a Friday night. It was a much deeper look at if we are part of this community, what are we doing to make it a better place?
0: Marna Tucker, a Washington, D.C. lawyer, co-chairs the American Bar Association's Commission on Civics Education in the Nation's Schools. She says that when she was in school, officials tried to hide many things from students.
3: Well, I went to school in the – I was in high school in the 50s in Texas, and that was a time of real political foment. Um, The various books concerning civics and American history were blocked out in certain areas of where the – school board didn't want the students to learn about it.
0: But Tucker says she learned anyway.
3: So I took civics in high school, but I knew and had a civics teacher who was telling me what was really going on with this uh, blacking out of education. So when I went to the University of Texas, um, I majored in government and education, And uh, as my last year, I taught civics in the Austin Public School System. So I taught it in a way that I hoped it should be taught. So I came to my interest in civics having been denied a uh, full and complete exposure to what was going on in the world. But because I had a wonderful civics teacher, Um, She got my interest um, up for good.
0: And according to Tucker, some states still try to hide information from students or present information to them in a biased manner.
3: The political times right now in many places, in many states, there is a lot of pressure on teachers to not talk about the government or to talk about the government in uh, negative terms. And that kind of pressure um, it is, uh, you know, makes it even more important for our students to understand what government truly is and what it can do for them. So uh, this is a period of time, much like when I grew up in high school where the books were, um, certain sections were banned from reading, there's a certain period of time in some states This is a period of time where in some states that's happening now and it's up to the teachers like the one who inspired me to tell students what's going on, entertain a dialogue, let them understand it and choose for themselves after being fully informed.
0: Tucker co-chairs the commission with Paulette Brown, a New Jersey labor and employment lawyer. Both women say that teachers like Broughton and Wilson are unique. And they also say that teachers should have the freedom to teach civics in a way that they see fit. According to Brown, many teachers she's met through the commission are very enthusiastic about the possibilities.
3: I, I think that you know from the experience that I've had and the enthusiasm that has come from um, um, the community with regard to civics education, a, a lot of not just the schools but a lot of different community groups are very interested in it. Mar and I have uh, participated in a couple of civic education law academies um, uh, since since the commission has started and. Um, not just teachers, but communities, and the students themselves are just so excited about learning more about civics education, and especially as it pertains to their rights and how the laws affect them. So I think that teachers would be um, more enthused and more inclined if they were given more opportunities to teach civics education. This ABA Journal
0: podcast was brought to you by Westlaw Next building on the strengths of Westlaw to bring you the next evolution of legal research. Their most significant innovation in 30 years, it's a complete research system that gives you confidence you've found the most relevant information. And it elevates productivity with intuitive workflow tools. Learn more at westlawnext.com.